This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope that uh, that your day is starting off well. And uh, so far, so good over here. We've got a lot that we can talk about today. And coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor. We're going to be talking with him about a number of things happening in the city and taking your phone calls. We'll also have at about 7.45 or so, the United Way of Greater New Bedford is going to be in to talk with us about an event that they have coming up. And, of course, lots of phone calls with you, 508-996-0500. We also have the app chat available for you, which you can send in messages. Just like you were texting us, we get it in the studio. We can either read it on the air or text you back. As Some of you have probably gotten some text messages back from me. Over the last few days, I've been trying to catch up with messages I missed over the weekend. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that people keep messaging about is that there's an issue when they listen to Howie Carr with it repeating and glitching and all of that. And uh, just to let you know, we are aware of it. We've spoken with the folks over at Howie Carr. It's a, it's a satellite issue that they're having, and they're working on remedying that. So hopefully that will get cleared up soon. Uh, but it is a little bit of an issue with basically the way that it works is because they syndicate the show, they're buying time on a satellite and that satellite is having some problems that beams it back down to us. So they're working on it. They'll get it fixed. So just I, I don't want people to think that I'm uh, not seeing your messages. It's just I um, try to get back to them individually rather than address it on the air. But I figured I would mention it. OK, well, that aside. There's a lot that we can discuss today, including, yep, 609.53 in the a.m. That means it's time for your bear update. And yesterday we spoke with uh, Dave Waddles of the uh, Mass Wildlife. He talked with us about exactly what's going on with this bear, exactly why it's being handled the way that it's being handled, why they're not tranquilizing the bear and moving it to somewhere else, why they're not tracking it with a collar. He explained all of that to us. And so I wrote up a story, and I put that up at WBSM.com and on the app, which has all the all the information he shared with us, but also has the audio for yourself if you want to listen to it. And I shared that out. And it was like everybody that was commenting on this, not so much on the WBSM Facebook page, uh, there it was pretty calm conversation. Same with the Fun 107 page. It was very calm. But in all the town groups that I shared it in, and I shared it in all the town groups of where there had been bear sightings. Now, one person accused me of spamming. And as I replied to him, it's only spam to you because you're in every single group. So you're saying that what, you know, what, what business do I have sharing a news story in all those groups? Why are you in all those groups? What town do you live in? Pick one. But so anyway, I shared it in all those town groups because I, I went into all the towns that were affected by bear sightings. 
because the question had kept coming up, how many bears are there? There has to be more than one. And Dave Waddles of Mass Wildlife, who is a bear expert, said, no, we think that it's really just the same one. That it's highly unlikely that there's more than one. And that it's very, very unlikely that there is a female present. And that hasn't stopped every person in these town Facebook groups from thinking that they know more about bears than Dave Waddles. Which was just driving me crazy. I had to finally stop reading the comments. Well, how do you explain why there was a bear in Rochester the same time there was a bear in a Kushnet? Well, how do you know that there was? You just know when somebody posted a photo. And they posted a photo the same time somebody else posted a photo. So that means that the bear was in two different places at once. The other thing that's become extremely annoying about this is how many photoshopped photos there are of people claiming that they have a bear sighting that aren't real. There's the person who shared the photo of the bear laying down on the on the sofa on their front porch. And people believe that that's real. So there's all these photos going around that have caused confusion and suddenly mistrust of a bear expert. This guy is a biologist. Dave Waddles is a bi- And somebody actually said, oh, what exactly makes somebody a bear expert? Um, years of schooling and studying bears? What makes you an expert on experts? Random Facebook commenter. And that was my comment. I was like, he's a biologist who has spent his life studying bears. So, yeah, that makes him a bear expert. But because he's giving you an answer that you don't like, you're going to call into question his credentials. Sounds familiar. But anyway, he he was telling us that this, you know, that this bear is just basically wandering through and eventually will work his way back to where he came from because he's not going to find a mate down here. And yet all the commenters are like, well, the, the bear I saw was a female. I saw a female walking with cubs. Well, there's no confirmation of that. One random person saying it on Facebook doesn't make it true. As I've told you before, in the news business, the rule of thumb is trust but verify. And so, yeah, I see you say that. And I say, okay, well, let me check with Mass Wildlife. I've got Dave Waddles on speed dial now. Check with him. He's like, nope, we have no reports of that. And they would have the reports if they if they came in. And so there was another rumor that came about yesterday that I, I still might write an article about, but I haven't seen enough people claiming it to have to write. You know, if you're going to write a rumor killer article, you want to make sure that the rumor is is widespread. If it's just one or two people saying it and it's not affecting the general public, then there's no reason to write a rumor killer article because there isn't a, a spreading of misinformation. If one or two people are putting something that's incorrect, you can just go in and comment underneath that on social media and say that's not correct. But if it becomes something that many people are talking about without any proof, for example, last year there was a story about uh, the Wareham Target, that there were there were people who were kidnapping kids from the Wareham Target. And the, the police knew about it, but they couldn't do anything about it. And so this went all over town. This, the, the original post 
went all over town and I reached out to the police department and the police were like, that's not true. We haven't heard any report of that. Certainly if it was happening, we would be doing something about it. And then you discover that these are these, they're like memes that go around, but they look like real posts. And if you, and we've written a couple of articles about them now where people will post them up and they'll just change a little bit of information with like a local town name or a local store name and then they put it out there and next thing you know, everybody's sharing it around because it looks legitimate. I mean, it specifically mentions the Wareham Target. It's not just saying, you know, in Target. And it says Wareham Police, not just the police. So this must be real because it's it's local. But it's really just a scam. To what end, I don't know, but... It only took a phone call to the police department or an email to the police department to prove that it's not true. Those are the kind of things that we got to write rumor killers about. One or two people commenting about bare misinformation, you can usually let slide. But the story that I heard yesterday from somebody who, you know, isn't prone to making things up, uh, but they had heard from somebody else who works for the town that there had been a bear sighting in Wareham on Monday in which the bear was tranquilized and removed from the area. And I said, gee, if that happened on Monday, and I asked Dave Waddles, the bear expert from Mass Wildlife on Tuesday morning, about whether or not they would tranquilize the bear, and he said we would prefer not to do that and, and said we haven't done that. Why would he not tell me the truth? Maybe he just didn't know at that time. Maybe he hadn't been in the office yet calling in at 8.30 in the morning to catch up on the reports from the day before. So I reached out to Dave and I asked him about it and he basically said, that's news to me. As he explained it to me, he is the head of the response team when it comes to these things being out in the wild. So if Mass Wildlife indeed did go to the scene and fire a tranquilizer and move the bear. He would have been the one that authorized that. And he knew nothing about it. And the rumor, of course, because you have to localize the rumor, brought into question the Wareham, the, the um, director of the Wareham Department of Natural Resources. From what I was told, his brother-in-law witnessed the bear being tranquilized. So I reached out to him. He said he hadn't heard about this at all either. So it's just another case where rumors start and it only takes a little bit of research to prove that they're not true. But why? Why do they start? That's what everybody has to be an expert. So somebody decided that they were going to tell this person that told me so that what they could feel like they have inside information or something. You didn't think that that might get to the news and the news might look into it and realize it isn't true? Because that's a pretty big deal. If a bear was tranquilized and moved from the area, people would want to know about that. And certainly mass wildlife would have no reason to hide that information. As people are, they're trying to keep people away from the bear. If they could say the bear is out of the area now, I'm sure they would prefer to do that rather than have people running around out in the woods 
looking to take a photo of a bear, which don't do that. So the bottom line is, as as far as I am concerned, the information and the story that we got yesterday is the latest information, is the truth. I have no reason to believe Facebook rumors over an actual biologist who is a bear expert. Now, he did say he's, it's almost certainly the same bear. He didn't say that it was definitively the same bear, and that's because they're not tracking the bear. They don't track male bears. He explained, as as he explained yesterday, putting a collar on them doesn't work because they grow outgrow the collar within the course of a small amount of time. And that once they do outgrow the collar, their neck is so big that it's bigger than their head and the collar just slips off. So as he said, he's he's been tracking the bear the same way we are, by reported sightings and confirmed sightings. And in fact, he even referenced our bear tracker map. And basically saying that, you know, we've, we've been following it pretty well. So just keep that in mind. Facebook rumors are just those. Until you see something confirmed by Mass Wildlife, by the local Department of Natural Resources or Animal Control, whatever whatever they might call it. In, in Wareham, Animal Control falls under the DNR. Look for those official sources to give information. You know, last week the bear was reportedly in Wareham. This is before the bear was actually in Wareham on Friday. He was reported there on, I think, Wednesday. And... I reached out to the chief of police and I asked, you know, have there been bear reports? Because apparently there were reports that the police had confronted the bear. And he said there are no reports of the bear being in Wareham at that time. And on Wednesday, he was right. The bear waited a couple more days before he came to town. But the bottom line is trust but verify. And even that doesn't really necessarily extend to social media comments. 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. By the way, uh, if you do capture any footage or photos, you can send them in to us via our bear tracker at WBSM.com or on the app. If you click on that, there's a form to be able to send it in. And uh, if we can verify it, we will add it to the map. And so far, you know, the map has shown exactly what Dave Waddles was saying. This thing is coming down. He's doing a loop around here. He's not finding a a mate, so he's heading back in the other direction. Now he's heading north. Maybe he'll go northwest. Maybe he'll go more west and back to where he probably lives. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Right now, though, we'll take our first break of the hour and be back in a few moments. Drive by the cars. And speaking of driving in cars, 
If you are heading to Boston, if you are heading right now up Route 24 northbound, uh, thanks to our friends at Southeastern Mass Alerts at Metro underscore Notify on Twitter. Uh, there is a crash at Route 24 northbound in Brockton near Route 123. So if you're on Route 24 heading up to Boston or heading you know north in any direct for any reason, uh, be be advised of the fact that there is a crash near Route 123. Now, if you are someone who likes to have all of the information that you can gather. We were talking about, you know, trusting but verifying. Some people want to have every bit of information, including the rumors, including the supposed misinformation, and they want to kind of pick it all apart themselves and and do the they, they need to have the their own verification of information. And I applaud people that do that. I mean, you can also you can trust places like WBSM because we're doing that exact same thing. Kate Robinson is verifying everything before she publishes it. And she's citing where it comes from. And I bring that up because there's a story that she published yesterday that some people are calling into question. And that is a story about a man. I, I, I still wish she had she had gone with my suggested title. Probably not the most uh, SEO friendly title, but Man Bites DJ. You know, of course, you know, the dog bites man, man bites dog. Tree Bites Man, one of the great sports headlines of all time. When Tree Rollins, you know, Tree Rollins, Tree Bites Man. So, but the actual truth of this is a, a, a man did bite a DJ. The promoter of events that happened at Pub 65 bit the DJ in a scuffle that happened there. And she reported this based on the minutes of the licensing board and, and, and the investigation that went into this incident. And of course, I'm seeing comments like, oh, this is, this is old news. Well, of course, it happened a while ago. That's why there was a licensing board hearing about it. That's what she's reporting is that the board had this discussion about it. And you can read it for yourself at WBSM.com and on the app. Apparently, all is well that ends well with the situation. The owner of the pub is going to continue working with the promoter. Seems like the promoter is, you know, sorry for what he did and probably won't bite any more DJs. But again, you can read it for yourself at WBSM.com and on the app. It's a, it's a very interesting story that is uh, getting a lot of reaction from folks. And again, it goes to show that you... You read that, but then you you got to verify the things that happened in it, and that's what Kate did. So she did a great job. And uh, and Kate, I was actually getting compliments from uh, from other journalists yesterday on that story. So they said, um, "Oh, nice." Yeah, they, they they said, "Good job," and don't get bitten yourself. Okay, in, I'll in, see what I can do in researching stories like that. <laughs> Have you ever been bitten by another human being? Uh, you know, probably like wrestling with my siblings, sure, but not seriously. I I do know people that are actual vampires. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so that's that's part of what they do. That's 
I know what? actual human blood drinking vampires. Wow. Where do you know what? I'm not going to ask. <laughs> where they live? Say, where where do you get enough human blood to drink? <laughs> oh, they they people donate it. People oh. people will actually you don't you don't drink it directly out of the person. Sure. But you do bite they do bite each other. I mean, aren't we having a blood crisis in hospitals though? Um or, you know, the, I feel like they're always in search of blood. I mean, I don't know that these people want to go to a hospital and donate. They probably see the needle and pass out. Oh, I But see. then, you know, when it comes to, oh, you can stick it in me and I can feed it to somebody. Huh. That's a different story. Okay. So, yeah. The no great figure. thing to talk about is people are having breakfast. <laughs> All right. Let's go into the newsroom with Kate Robinson. The House Rules Committee is sending the debt ceiling bill to the floor, which clears a major hurdle as it continues to face opposition from both Democrats and Republicans alike. The rule was adopted by a 7-6 to six vote, with Republican representatives Chip Roy and Ralph Norman joining all Democrats in opposition. The debt limit bill will now advance to the floor for debate with a vote set for today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is aiming to turn the country around as he kicked off his presidential campaign Tuesday in Iowa. Speaking to supporters outside Des Moines, he claimed the U.S. is going in the wrong direction. The newly announced Republican candidate also ripped the Biden administration on issues like immigration and the economy. The planned demolition of an Iowa apartment complex is on hold as five people remain unaccounted for following a partial collapse on Sunday. A ninth survivor was found on the fourth floor of the building in Davenport Monday. That came after officials said they didn't believe there were any unaccounted for residents still in the building. Now, Davenport Mayor Mike Matson says officials believe two of the missing five could still be inside. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is preparing to launch his presidential campaign. Trey Thomas reports. New Jersey residents are reacting. He was a horrible governor. He'll make a horrible president. He is a big bully. He is concerned with America. He wants the best for our country. I hope, you know, he can do the best he can. The New York Times reports Christie could announce his presidential campaign in the next two weeks. I'm Trey Thomas. Minnesota is now the 23rd state in the nation to legalize recreational marijuana. Governor Tim Walz signed the bill into law on Tuesday. It allows people 21 and older to have up to two pounds of cannabis at home. Nine teenagers have been arrested on suspicion of attacking three off-duty Marines at the San Clemente Pier in California. This witness describes what he saw last Friday night. I saw people falling on the ground. Someone got tackled, I think, and they're all just kicking, punching all the dudes on the ground. Police say between 10 and 30 people beat up the Marines after one man asked them to stop lighting fireworks. The Marines ended up with several non-life-threatening injuries. Twitter is worth only a third of what Elon Musk paid for it just seven months ago, according to Fidelity. The investment management heavyweight recently marked down the value of its equity stake in the social media company. According to Fidelity's latest markdown, Musk's investment in Twitter is now worth $8.8 billion. He took over the company in late October after shelling out $44 billion, including $33.5 billion in equity. 
Leaders in the artificial intelligence industry, along with academics and even celebrities, are warning of the risk of extinction due to AI if left unchecked. NBC's Jake Ward has more. More than a thousand AI scientists and notable academics have signed on to a statement that warns about the possibility of extinction at the hands of AI and calls for humanity to band together against that possibility. The brief statement released by the Center for AI Safety says, quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. A third man is being charged with the murder of Run DMC's Jam Master Jay back in 2002. 49-year-old Jay Bryant, who's being held on unrelated federal drug charges, is expected to be arraigned at a later date. Two men, Carl Jordan and Ronald Washington, were charged with the murder and are awaiting trial. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Cincinnati Reds last night 9-8. They'll try it again tonight at 7-10. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We are warming up today. We're going to see mostly sunny skies around the area, but that sunshine will be covered with a bit of haze. Not as bad as yesterday, but just expect it to be around through the afternoon hours. Today we're going to be reaching a high of about 70 degrees. Overnight tonight, 49 degrees. And for tomorrow, those upper 70s and warming up through the 80s through the area. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 52 degrees and cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And 508-996-0500 if you want to get involved in the discussion this morning. And uh, we also will take your app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can also leave us open line voicemails via the WBSM app. Uh, one thing that I want to discuss this morning, and again, we're going to have some guests later on. Uh, we'll be joined by the United Way of Greater New Bedford late in the 7 o'clock hour to talk about uh, an upcoming fundraiser that they have. We'll also be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell in the 8 o'clock hour for midweek with the mayor. And we'll take your phone calls with the mayor during that time as well. Uh, but one of the things that we can discuss until then is a story that is at newbedfordlight.org. And it's a story that I, um, I'd heard a little bit about, but I didn't dive into it. Colin Hogan does a great job, uh, when it comes to reporting on all things education. And this is kind of related to the education beat because it's related to the Rochester School Committee, the, the, the Rochester School Committee, uh, and the old Rochester School Committee. So the, the town school committee and also the regional school committee. As you know, the elections happened recently. A few weeks ago was the Mattapoisett election, uh, the Marion election, the Rochester election happened last week. And Colin has an article, uh, a story, where he dives into exactly who is supporting some of the candidates in those elections and in that, that there are some questions about whether or not they filed the proper campaign paperwork. So the title of the article, four candidates in Rochester elections filed no campaign finance statements 
And then the subheading is three candidates also apparently coordinated with an independent expenditure pack, which is against campaign finance laws. So basically the long story short is there were candidates that were involved in this race. So incumbent Joe Pyers, incumbent Ann Fernandes, and Greg Hardy, as well as school board uh, select board candidate Adam Murphy, they failed to file required campaign finance reports. A review by the New Bedford Light has found all of the candidates prevailed in their races last week except for Hardy. Uh, basically, what they found out is that these candidates were supported financially by an independent expenditure political action committee, or IEPAC, which functions as the equivalent of a super PAC on the local and state level. Uh, and coordinating with an IEPAC is against campaign finance laws. Now, the person behind this IEPAC hosted a fundraiser for these candidates, or I guess hosted a, a candidate's appearance at her home. And these candidates took a photo together and put it on Facebook of all of them at the home of the person who runs this IEPAC. And there's no documentation filed with the Office of Campaign and Political Finance about that. One candidate admits that he didn't file the proper paperwork. Others offered no comment. And, you know, you should really read this article in its entirety at newbedfordlight.org. I'm just giving you a basic rundown of it. But essentially, this IEPAC, this is money coming from outside of the town of Rochester to support these candidates because of their ideologies, because of their conservative ideology, and because of the fact that they're the ones pushing back on things like the books that are in the library. I think anybody that listens to WBSM has heard Joe Pyers on the station talking about those books. Ann Fernandes is another person who has been in opposition to those, who has claimed, by the way, that this is not about the LGBTQ community, but just about the material that's in those books being in schools, yet had no problem posting in a public Facebook group about how the LGBTQ lifestyle goes against God and that we need to live in the lifestyle that God wants us to live. So basically condemning LGBTQ plus people but then telling us that her desire to not have these books in the library doesn't have anything to do with LGBTQ plus people. So this is this is the ideology that this IEPAC wanted to support. So outside money came into a small town election to support an ideology. And I'm wondering if people are going to be as up in arms about this as they apparently were about George Soros supporting Paul Haro in his race against Tom Hodgson. You know, that was... That was the devil incarnate. The devil came to town and gave money to a political candidate. What is a what is a person that has national and international interests care about a small county sheriff's race? We got to get all that outside money out of politics. We got to get all that outside money out of our local politics. Unless it supports the candidate that you 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 like. 
508-996-0500. Tomorrow, uh, Jack Spillane will be filling in for Barry. And I know he's going to be talking about the Dias Field column that he has up at newbedfordlight.org, which is uh, getting a lot of reaction. And uh, Ward 3 Counselor Sean Oliver has come out and, and spoken, uh, well, posted on Facebook about what he would like to see happen with Dias Field and, and creating a park for Ward 3 and the residents in that in those neighborhoods, that's equivalent to some of the parks that people have in other parts of the city. And so I know Jack will be talking about that tomorrow. I'm sure he'll talk about this as well. So I, I just remember all those phone calls that we got. George Soros is supporting Paul Harrow. We got to keep all that outside money out of our local races. Uh, so I hope that those same people are just as outraged at these IE packs wanting to support Rochester school committee candidates. Rochester. Very small town. It, it, the, even the tri-town, the, the, the old Rochester Regional School Committee, you're still dealing with a very small population. But yet, national interest coming in here. And, and by the way, there's some people, and you can read Colin's article and, and get into it, there's some people who were involved in this who have been involved in some very big campaigns nationwide, including somebody who was allegedly involved in George Santos's campaign according to George Santos but the person has denied it and, and I don't know who to believe in that situation because if somebody said you were associated with George Santos's campaign he would do everything he can to deny it anyway but also you can't believe anything that George Santos says so I, I don't know what the truth is there but uh, the person's name has been tied to to the Santos campaign so you can you can read that for yourself but what why why would why would this large political organization care about a small town Rochester race because it's pushing the agenda that it wants to see pushed. So when, when people are telling you in these school committees and, and in these towns about, you know, this is about the kids, it's not about the kids. It's about pushing this agenda that is not grassroots, that is not coming from within the town, but that is actually being massaged by outside influence because they've decided that this is where they can start to to infiltrate politics is on the local level and in the school committees if you can make parents think that they're losing control of their kids then you can get them to vote the way that you want them to vote but you know the the democrats are the ones with the agendas right 508-996-0500 gonna take a break be right back Back in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. And uh, listen, when I walked out the door this morning, I thought to myself, this is this is May 31st. It's not really cold, but it's a little chilly. I'm sure, you know, if you're going outside, I, I put on a sweatshirt this morning. 
And I walked out of the house with a sweatshirt on. When I got to the car, I took it off. It wasn't as, as cold as I thought it was going to be. With you know, with the windows open, it seemed a little bit colder. But when I you know walked outside, and I said to myself, "This this is May thirty first. This is the edge of June." But it doesn't matter because soon enough, it's going to be warm. It's, you're going to have your air conditioning on. You're going to be running that thing 24 hours a day because we're supposed to have a very hot summer. And if your home isn't completely sealed up the way that it should be, all that air conditioning is just going to be leaking out the cracks and it's going to be leaking out the windows that aren't weatherproofed and haven't haven't been addressed in decades. Your roof that might not be up to par, you're just going to be letting all that expensive air conditioning go right out all of those little hidden spots. Well, not if you call Precision Window and Kitchen because they can come in, they can make sure that all your windows are as airtight as can be, that are as protective as they can be. They make those double-pane windows right there in their own workshop so they can make sure that your windows are sealed tight and that air conditioning isn't getting out. They can also make sure that your roof is sealed tight, which means no cold air getting out. It also means no water getting in. No warm air getting in. They'll protect you and make sure that your home, which is your biggest investment, will last. So check them out at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. When you go there, you can see all of the different services that they offer, like full roof replacements, like individual window repairs and replacements, or full window repairs and replacements. They can also do full kitchen and bathroom models. They can even put vinyl siding on your home to make it easier to clean and to beautify it. So check it all out at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. You can also visit them at their showroom at 1111 Acushnet Avenue in New Bedford. But uh, if you go to the website there, you can put in all the information you need to get yourself an estimate from Precision Window and Kitchen. They've been doing it for almost, almost 35 years. No job too big, no job too small. Precision Window and Kitchen Incorporated in New Bedford. All right, let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Oh, hold on. Uh, there we go. Hi, you're on there. Can you hear me? Yep. <laughs> What's up, Tim? How you doing? Hey, um, speaking of ACs, I, I put my ACs in uh, about uh, last month, I think. We got that real hot spell. And then, I, and then I, put them, I put them in, and now it seems like I'm heating my house versus, you know, just opening up a window. But you can't open the windows if you got the ACs in. You know what I mean? So it's like... You're forced to keep the ACs on. Yeah, even even and, uh, running that fan option on them costs a fortune. <laughs> I know, I know, but um, yeah, no, I that was just a little little side note. But um, the whole thing with the with the schools um and the school committees. I mean, there's there's numerous videos out there of you know I've seen like I for instance I saw one video of a kid uh you know talking about that gender queer book mm-hmm. in the library. And it's not just Rochester. It's all over the country. They're, they're putting the books in these libraries, and they're all over the country. It's not just Rochester, for anybody that's listening. Um, now, the kid, the, the, one of the kids stood up against the school's committee, and he said, this is, this is a book that should be in the libraries. You know, and he explained why. And, um, and, then he said, and then he sat down, and his father got up. And his father, if I'm not mistaken told the school committee that if they don't take the kid, you know, that they don't take the book out of the school or the library, he's pulling this kid from the school. And he's encouraging all the other parents to do the same thing. 
And the school committee, and this is, this is what kind of ticks me off a little bit, Tim, is that the school committee laughed in the guy's face, was laughing at the guy, what, audibly laughing at him on the microphones. Sure, because what kind, what kind of threat kid. is that? You know, well, it's it's taking his kid out of the out of the public school system. Okay, so you take your school. kid out of the public school system, which means you, the problem, goes away, and also you're still paying the same taxes to pay for the schools, even if you pull your kid out. So it's a win-win yeah. for the school committee. You get rid of yeah, the problem is, parent, and you still get the tax money. How is he the problem? Parent? Well, I'm so saying from their perspective. Concerned. Yeah, no, I, I I get that, but I mean, I, I just he's not a problem parent if he's a concerned concerned parent. If, 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 he's, if a, he's a concerned parent, not a problem parent. If they feel that he is, that, that might have been why they were laughing at him. You don't you don't know the situation either, the way that it's presented. Some of these parents that have been getting up, I don't know why I'm getting an echo. I apologize. Some of the parents that have been getting up at these uh, at, at these school committee meetings are the same parents that keep getting up again and again and again and again. And a lot of them are misinformed. A lot of them are pushing agendas that aren't true. And so, yeah, I'm sure that they well, probably brought, had enough of this person at that point. Now, now the kid, the, the, the student, brought the book to the school committee. Like, he brought the book. And he said, let me read you a few excerpts of this, of this book. And he did. He wrote them. And, and, and I mean, uh, he read them. And, and they were, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Tim, but they are explicit to be in a, in a, a, a junior high school environment. Well, they're in, Granted, high, they're in high school libraries. Kids, well, this, this this particular book was in uh, it was it was a uh, I want to say like maybe a ten or eleven year old reading the book. You know what I mean? If I find if I come across the video, I'll I'll send it to you just so you can see it and you can. I want to get your perspective on. Well, it. Well, let me ask you this: How do you feel about Judy Bloom? Judy Bloom. Now that's that detective book, isn't it? No, Judy Bloom has written tons of books. Uh, we read them all when we were kids. Like what you read, like we, Tales, oh, yeah, oh, Tales of a Fourth Grade familiar. Nothing and Super Fudge and all that stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So she wrote. I can't remember what they're. What she they're, what she they're. wrote a pair of books that are in every school library for kids that age. One of them's called "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," which has just been made into a movie where it describes a, a girl getting her period for the first time. And then she wrote the kind of the companion piece to that, like the boy version of that for kids that age, called Then Again, Maybe I Won't, where she describes a, a boy masturbating. So should they pull those books out of the school too? I, I don't know. I don't know. Or or is it or is it just it, because it, it's a it, book it, about LGBTQ plus people that are now, upsetting people? Well, no, no, no. It's it, I I don't think it's I don't think it's so much of the LGBTQ aspect of it. I think it's I don't think they pull those books because. It's normal. It's normal adolescent behavior. Curiosity sets in. You know what I mean? And and or or like the girl getting her period. That's a normal. Well, uh, the stuff that's in gender queer is, a, is the stuff in gender queer is a normal cycle of life for the people that are going through those same not, those same issues. Not to be not to be explained as uh, uh, what was it a, a a dude giving another dude a you know what you know what I mean like that's that's, that's not, not that's not what it was. Oh, what was it? What was it then? It's it was, two. It was, um, it's two biological females Felicia. simulating the act. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's that. That's not appropriate for these kids to be reading. To well, them. neither is reading about a boy, you know, learning how to masturbate. Well, 
so, a so, normal so, part so, of a life of a, of, a, of a life cycle. Well, so so for two for two biological females that are in love with each other and want to express their sexuality with each other, so is that act? Yeah, but why are they all? Why I don't I don't understand why they have to explain it in a book though for kids. They don't need to know that. Like their minds are innocent. You need to keep I th- their minds I th- innocent, preserve I th- their minds. I think you have a very misunderstood no. understanding of what what children are about. Oh, no, I don't. You I think don't. children are innocent. You think that <laughs> you were a boy in high school once, too. You sat at the lunch table and talked oh, about I those things insane. every single day. I was, I, hey, I'll be the first one to tell you right now. I was by far in, not innocent, okay? But that's what I'm trying to prevent my kids from being. Well, you can't. Is 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 what I was back in the day. Well, you and can't, that, and that it's unfair is, of you now, to do that. It's unfair of you to now, say that you want to decide how other on. kids should grow up. Now, now I'm a firm believer. Okay, of I'm going to give my kids what I didn't have as a kid. As a parent, I'm going to give them what I didn't have growing up, and what I what now what I didn't have was. Uh, discipline when it came to you know girls and you know and everything else i was all all about it i was all about it tim okay as a, as a young kid and i'm trying to prevent my kids from growing up too fast you get what i'm trying to say well you, i did i grew up i grew up way that's fine fast. that's for you to decide for your kids it's not for you to decide for everybody else's kids yeah well hey you know I, I, I just you know how you solve this problem? You tell your kid not to read the book that's in school, and then you don't worry about the other kids that aren't your kid that don't, that want to read it. Yeah, they 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 aren't even going to lay eyes on that on that book. I don't, I don't even think Haven Schools has has that book. That's 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 fair for you to, to for you to decide for your kids, but you can't decide that for everybody else's too. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go, but I'll I'll send you that video. I'll I'll, I'll shoot you the email if I can find it. All right, thanks for the call. Have a good day. All right, I got to take a break. We'll be right. Back. All right, that'll do.